Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Flipping Bats. We have a great one for you today. In just a minute, Jazz Chisholm Jr. is about to join me. One of the most electric, if not the most electric players in all of the game of baseball. I cannot wait for you to hear it. We're going to talk about how he fell in love with the game of baseball, his Ken Griffey-esque moment the other day, and how that came to be and so much more. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. This guy is a stud. He is next level on the field, but his mental preparation and everything he does to get ready off of the field is absolutely incredible. Let's get to it now and welcome in Jazz Chisholm Jr. Jazz, what's up, my man? How are you? What's going on, man? man? I'm chilling, man. How you doing? I'm great, man. Let's start there. Jazz, where did that name come from? You have the best name in Major League Baseball, dude. Where did that come from? <laughs> I honestly don't even know. My grandma <laughs> said she made it up in her head. Like, she she was really, like, off of my my dad's name. You know, my dad's name is Jazz Rado. Mm-hmm. So, like, they just used to – his nickname is Jazz. So, it's just <laughs> what it is. I'm a little junior. I love that. So, growing up a kid in the Bahamas, how do you fall in love with the game of baseball there? Like, how, how did that come to be? Well, like, baseball wasn't a really big sport in the Bahamas at the time. Mm -hmm. It was more softball. And my grandma, she was a professional softball player. So (laughs) I was just, like, always watching her and, like, going to her games, seeing how much people loved her and loved what she did on the field. Like, every, I feel like I was a celebrity before now. (laughs) Like, just just my grandma. You know what I mean? In the Bahamas, at least. Like, everybody would always come up to me and be like, hey, you're Pat's grandson, right? And I'll be like... Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> like, so, who's better at their individual sport, you and baseball, or your grandma at softball? I mean, if we count the success so far, my grandma. <laughs> but, I mean, she has more career hits than me. I, she's, I gotta catch up. I'm still catching up. I'm gonna be there though. You're gonna be there. That's awesome. Who, as a so baseball wasn't huge growing up in the Bahamas. Who do you grow up watching? Who do you grow up rooting for? I mean, like I said, my grandma played professional softball, so she was a big baseball fan. Yeah. So, like, she would always watch the Dodgers, the Marlins, and the Yankees. She was always a Jeter fan. She was always a Alex Rodriguez fan, Gary Sheffield, those guys. I was always, like, a Cano fan. Like, I was the young guy, you know? Like, when Cano first came into the league, he was a second baseman, and he was hitting homers. And, like, I always wanted to hit homers, even though I was super small. So, like... I was always rooting for Cano, but I was always a Marlins fan uh, with Dan Ugla and Hanley. You know, I got to meet them, those guys in person at one point in time, like when I was 12 years old. 
and I got it was on Hanley batting glove day. So I got <laughs> I, they're probably still in the Bahamas somewhere. I used them in the Little League World Series. I got like the little Hanley Ramirez batting gloves. <laughs> I got a picture for you, bro. It's crazy. Like <laughs> you awesome. can see me using them in the Little League World Series. So that's why seriously. Yeah, like it's the Florida Marlins Hanley Ramirez two batting gloves. If I could find those right now, like I would actually like use it. Wear them in, in games. That's sick. We we gotta in find game. we gotta find that picture. So you are the yeah. seventh major league player in history from the Bahamas, born in the Bahamas. How awesome is that? How much how much does that mean to you to to have that as a part of who you are? I mean, it means a lot to me, at least, because, I mean, when we were growing up, like, me and Lucius were always, like, in the same league, playing against each other or either playing with each other. Mm-hmm. So we were always growing up, and he was always, like, a year older than me. So, like, he was always, like, ahead of me in a way. So, like, when we were growing up, though, I always we were always saying, who's going to be number seven? Like, <laughs> you could find you can find a lot of interviews with me and Lucius talking about who's going to be number seven. It's like, he would say him and I would always say me, you know, but like you, you, it was just like something that you really wanted to do. Like you wanted to, you always want to make history, you know, like now that I've made that history, like I want to make more history because like writing your names in the history, but like nobody will forget that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's got to feel pretty good hearing you're number seven because it's been a long time in the making. You telling them you were going to be number seven. So yeah, it, years. In my opinion, Jazz, you you truly are the most electric player in the game, and that doesn't just start when you get to the big leagues. That's been you your whole life, I would assume. How how did that come to be? Where where did your confidence playing the game of baseball come from? I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so it was just this one instance, like. So I had someone ask me a question. Uh, it's almost exactly the same as this, but the question was, when did you realize like you were the best, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, dang, like nobody asked me like what moment gave me that thing. So <laughs> this is my first time actually saying it in front of people. So it was this one practice. It was our national team practice. I was 10 years old, nine years old or 10 years old. And we were playing against the older team, the 12-year-olds. Me and Lucius were on the same team at the same time. But our coach was pitching because he threw harder than the other guys. Mm-hmm. So, and I hit a homer and I stood there and just watched. <laughs> like, I just hit a homer. It was like my first, like, no doubt, no doubt homer. Like, it's not like he's lobbing it, but like he's actually pitching. And I hit a, like, being over the house in right field. And I stood there and pimped it. And after that moment, bro, it was just through the roof. <laughs> That's so cool. So how how important do you think that is to your game? Because, you know, I played professionally for five years. And for me, baseball was once you get to a certain point, it is so mental and confidence is so key. So it starts at such a young age and, and you've brought it to the big leagues. But I truly feel like it is really important to being able to play the game at your best ability. Mm-hmm. So it's so funny that you say that because like, I believe that a hundred percent, I'm sure everybody can see that, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just what it is. but the other day, me and my hitting coach, uh, was having, a like, it was right before I hit the Homer, mm-hmm. right. I was over three that game mm-hmm. coming into my fourth at bat. 
but I already had like three barrels during the game. So like, he was just like, hey, stay humble. I was like, you know, humble jazz ain't good jazz at this point. Like, and he was like, boy, that's what I'm talking about. Now go ahead. And then I hit a homer. So he was just making sure your mindset was in the right place. He was saying, stay humble. And he, you needed the answer of no, no, jazz, jazz don't stay humble. Yeah, like he was just like, boy, stay just like that. <laughs> and then I hit a homer. So like... <laughs> has, has there been anyone along the way for you? Because you said it started at a young age, nine, 10 years old, and now you're in the big leagues doing that. Has there been anybody along the way that's tried to like tone you down? Be like, hey, this, we, we, the game isn't played like this. You, you know, that kind of vibe. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It happened in my 2019 year mm -hmm. after, because that was the year I think I was number one prospect after that year. Uh, I hit like 470 in the fall league, something like that. <laughs> I, yeah, bro, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. I hit 470 in the fall league. It was a lot of fun, bro. But it was 2019 year I came into spring training mm -hmm. and went into big league camp, my first big league camp non-internet roster invite mm -hmm. and they were just like they're like hey you don't play baseball like this like we need you to try and play like this and I tried it for like halfway through the year until I got traded to the Marlins because like I, I'll tell you right now 2019 is the worst year I've ever had in baseball mm -hmm. I think I hit like 220 and that's just because I got traded back to the Marlins like I got traded to the Marlins because when I got traded to the Marlins they got me and they're like play however you want. And then I hit 300 with the Marlins, but then like I was hitting 190 with the Diamondbacks. You know what I mean? Like, so it was just like, yeah, you're about to be in the big leagues. So we need you to play like this because you're not allowed to play like this yeah. in the big leagues. You know what I mean? That's what was said to me. And I was trying to make it to the big leagues. So I was trying to play the way that they told me to. Right. And then when I got the D-backs on the other side, they're like, bro, play your game. We're just here to better your game. Whatever you need to do. I was like, say less. And then, I hit 300. <laughs> and then I hit 300 and got that 180 to 220 with a month left in the season. Like, I was already 300 at, 300 at best deep. You got to let jazz be jazz. Man. Um, so then you end up, obviously, you get traded. You have that big, that big year. You end up making the big leagues. And then, uh, I mean, at a pretty young age, man, it was, it was really fun to see. Did you have, like, a a welcome to the big leagues moment? Did something happen or you're like, oh man, I'm in the big leagues now? Honestly, that home run the other night. <laughs> that was my welcome to the big leagues moment for me. Like before then, I haven't felt like how like CC, CC explains it. Like he mm -hmm. played in New York. He was like, bro, the big leagues was such like a movie for me. Like, every time I stepped out there, the flashing lights, bro, it felt like a movie. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that's how the major should be to everybody because it's the major leagues. You know, you don't ever get to get there. Like, it's not by chance you get there most times. Like, you got to really be good and play this game and be the best at this game to right. be up here. So, like, it's like an unbelievable moment every time you step on the field. So, like, for me, that moment was the other night when I hit that homer all I saw was flashes. Like I blacked out and I was like, wow, like that actually, I just actually did that. And that was my first like real, like welcome to the majors moment for myself in my eyes. So you've been in the big leagues for two years and that home run <laughs> the other night, 
is what made you finally say, you know what? I belong here. I'm a big leaguer. I see all the lights. Let's go. Yeah. That's that's so cool. So let's talk about that home run because I was watching it. And I feel like a lot of people kind of got the wrong idea. You you took a pitch up in the zone and I thought got pissed off at yourself. I don't know. You tell me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. there. But a lot of people, I guess, thought there was something between you and the umpire, which maybe there eventually was after he started clapping at you. And I'm assuming you got yeah. frustrated then. But were you mad at yourself for the umpire there? Okay, so the first pitch he called, I mean – the yeah, at bat before I think I struck out and it was off of like a pitch off the plate, like mm-hmm. and he was calling a pitch off the plate or whatever. And whatever I struck out. So then this at bat, I came in. Like I didn't say anything about it. I don't I didn't really care about it. But this at bat I came in and the first pitch was like a sinker in or whatever. It barely caught the corner or whatever. And I was just like, dang, I think that's in. I don't think I have that as a like I don't have that as a strike. <laughs> Like, you know, like, this is the first time I'm saying anything, like, right. about a call. Right. The whole game. My, it's the ninth inning, eighth inning, like, last at bat of the game. It's the first time I'm even saying anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's been missed calls all night, but I'm not saying anything about it. I don't have a problem with it. I'm focused. Right. But then you got on this one right now. For me, it's my last at bat. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get in there. <laughs> but, so I was frustrated with that pitch, and then I was trying to lock back in, but I couldn't lock back in, and I yeah. took the pitch right down the middle. And nobody ever sees me do that. I don't take pitches down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it's down the middle, 3-0, I'm still swinging. Like, nobody nobody ever sees me take pitches down the middle. So, like, when you think of it, like, I'm 0-1. I'm not taking a fastball down the middle to make myself 0-2. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I'm swinging. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I step out of the box, and I'm just like, man, I can't believe I just took that pitch. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm in my head. And I'm just like, okay, I got to lock back in. Give me some time. And then he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I didn't even say nothing. <laughs> like, what's going on? So I'm like, anyway, I'm going to try and lock back in. And he starts clapping. And I'm like, bro, hold on. I've never <laughs> seen a fire clap at nobody else in the big leagues. Like, I'm just trying to get ready and lock back in. And he's trying to get strike me out. Like, yeah. why? <laughs> like, let me perform. You you had so, to swing I'm, at that next pitch. <laughs> I was like, honestly, I wasn't even thinking that. I was like, if it's close and he rings me up, so what, bro? Yeah. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Like, I guess, I guess that's what baseball is. Yeah. If that happens, but in my head, like, I'm just like, okay, I'm gotta lock back in. I don't care what he's saying no more. Like, I don't, if he's still talking, I can't even hear him. Like at this point. Yeah. And he threw it, and I was like, thank you. <laughs> he threw it and I saw it spinning and I was like thank you I was sitting <laughs> so I mean dude that was it was incredible I mean you absolutely crushed that ball and so you that swing the first thing I noticed man and I tweeted this there was a lot of King Griffey Jr. in that swing man it was sick how did have you ever like tried to model your swing after him or have you watched a lot of film on him because I'm telling you, that was a Griffey-esque swing. Okay, I'm going to tell you this, what happened this day. So, um, I was in the, you could ask the security the security team, because they caught me watching it. So, mm-hmm. I was watching some, like, Griffey highlights and Cano highlights mm-hmm. all day, that day. That day? That day. Because <laughs> I was like, bro, I'm trying to figure out, like, how did Griffey, like, do that? Like, I'm just trying to figure it out, like, you know? 
like I'm so consistent. So I was like, dang, I'm gonna try that. Like on a pitch down and then I gotta do it like that way. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. And then it happened. I mean, it just happened. But like, if you watch some of my old videos, like my younger videos, 2016 Jazz was definitely straight, like looking like Griffey. Dude. Like, that's who I swung, exactly. That's unheard of. You're you're a legend. You you the day the day of the game, you're watching video like, man, I need to try that. If I get a pitch down and in, I gotta try it. And then you do it, you get the pitch down and in, you hit a bomb and you do Griffey. <laughs> That's so sick. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so okay, so you you round the bases and your signature, man, this is so cool. The Euro step coming to home. Where did that where did that come from? Where did that start? And how long have you been doing that? I mean, I always, like, loved basketball, too. Like, I was a basketball player in high school all the way up. Like, I played until my senior year in high school basketball. So, but, like, every everybody knows me. Like, if you ever saw me through a clubhouse from when I was younger to in school, just walking down the street, I'm Eurostep. <laughs> like, even now, like, even if someone noticed me and they'd be like, oh, Josh, oh, you didn't see me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm still Euro-stepping people on the side of the street. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, that's just something I always love to do. So why not bring it into the game, you know? Yeah. And okay. I love basketball. Who, uh, who's got the best Euro-step in the game right now? In the game? Yeah. I can't say James Harden because, I mean, they call they don't call his travel. So I'll give it to <laughs> <him>. <laughs> um, All right. So we, you know, we, we were just talking about umpires a little bit. And there's been a lot of talk about umpires in Major League Baseball the last, especially the last few days. Um, so obviously we're not going to sit here and, and call out any umpires or talk bad about anybody, but what do you think is an answer moving forward? You know, there, there, there seems, you know, Jazz, I, I played for years, and if I go 0 for 4 enough days, I'm going to be out of a job. That's just the nature of the business. Right. As an umpire, right. if they continually don't have great games, there's really not any repercussions. They show up the next day and everybody's, you know, everything's as normal. What do we do going forward? Are you pro-robot umpire? Do you want to see something else happen? Where do you stand on that? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I I know it's like a, a hard business, you know, baseball is yeah. in general. But, like, I don't know how to feel about if you should just, like, bring the robo-umps or... Right. You can have the younger umpires that are doing great get called up right. in a place like how we are. You know what I mean? Like everybody earns their job in the big leagues as a player. As an umpire, I feel like it should be the same thing. Yep. I'm not bashing anybody personally, but yeah. I just feel like if you're not doing your job correctly and someone else can do that correctly, that's how it should be. But I just feel like I think... Just like how the game is, it's a new game. This like it's a new game now. Like baseball is like basically a whole new sport. Absolutely, thanks to you and, and, and some others. <laughs> the game is young, but we still have the same like the same rules, like the same rules and the same umpires. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like I have some umpires telling me that they they were back there when Barry Bonds was playing. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, was, I was literally not swinging a bat smaller than me at that side like I was swinging a bat that was taller than me yeah you know what I mean yeah so. I, I, I'm with you I, I think there needs to be 
I, I don't think I'm fully on board yet with robo umps. I've seen it used. I'm not yet. Yeah, I've seen it used and it looks awful. But like, like I said, honestly, I've used it before. In the alternate sites, we used them. Uh huh. And I loved it. Oh, you did. Then why are you against it in the big leagues? Because I don't want to see all the umpires lose their jobs. Because some of them are actually good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some of them are great umpires. Yeah. But like, then you have the guys that miss most of the calls. Yeah. But like I said, I feel like it should be an earned job instead of just a given job just because yep. you've been there all for years. I, I agree. I, I think, one, I'm not asking, and I don't think anybody's asking umpires to be perfect. It's, not, it's never no. going to be. There's a human element to it. But like you said, just like get guys up there that get the calls right most of the time. And, and if you don't, mm-hmm. like learn, learn from that. Consistently not being great, in my opinion, is is the issue and i was talking to uh my brother the other day and he actually tweeted this about maybe not robot umpires but having like some sort of appeal system almost like tennis where in the exact moment if you're hitting and you get punched out on a big call you can appeal it once a game and if it's right it's right and you get another one but if not you lose it and you can't appeal the rest of the game i I think that could be something cool it happens quick i'm against robot umpires for the same reason you are at this point but I like I'm saying like I'm not against robot umpires because I'm pretty good with the system because mm-hmm. like I said when I was at the alternate site we were using it and like people were surprised like they see me swing out a pitch and they'd be like but that ball bounced it was a curveball yeah they see me swing at it and I'd be like but that hits the bottom of the zone. you know it's gonna catch the bottom of the the automated strike zone yeah right but if you know the zone every time think of it man. Like, if we think of it like this, we're perfectionists, bro. If we go a whole year of learning one zone, think about that, like a pitcher coming into that. Yeah. They can't. Not if you, like, you. if you're a hitter, you know they can't. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they get in there, it's scary hours. They have to stay on the outside of that thing, like, clipping. Yeah. They're not clipping, it's a ball. And when they go inside that, it's barrel. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So you and that's what happened with the alternate site with me. Like, I think I hit like 500 at the alternate site because <laughs> it was just like it was just that box. You can't. It's the it's a box. Yeah. Like, it's like if you have a if like if you don't have the fear of swinging at a pitch that an umpire is calling, you won't swing at it ever. Right. Yeah. And that's how it, I think robo robo umpires are. You know, th- this is why, and this is why I think you're one of the most electric players in the league. Obviously, what we see out on the field, but you're next level, dude. I, I don't think many people understand that and and appreciate oh, that. Yeah. It's you're you're a step ahead, and and you you go mm-hmm. down and you're at the alternate site, and you see Robo Umps are involved, and you take that next that next step. Okay, I've been I've known the strike zone my whole life to be one way, but to adjust, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to adjust, and I'm gonna adjust before everybody else before everybody else mm-hmm. gets on board and you did that and and it paid dividends for you. Yeah, I got to the big leagues. <laughs> you got to the big leagues, man. So this year for you uh, has been awesome to watch. One, you've been heat, hitting leadoff lately, which I've been begging for on social media personally. Finally, it started happening. Um, and you've, you've been tearing it up, dude. I, I've been pumped to watch you. What was your offseason like this year? Did you, was there a lot of work or is it just another year older of jazz, another year getting better? So naturally, I'm better at the big leagues. Or was there a ton of work put in this offseason? This offseason was, I was exhausted every day. I can't even say I was tired. I could, like, 
if I say I was tired, it was a, it's an understatement <laughs> of how much work I put in. Like I was mentally and physically exhausted every single day. I wow. went out there, worked every day. And I'm talking about like, even if it wasn't even like 50 to a hundred to a whole bucket of ground balls, the mental aspect of putting in the work and staying focused and like feel like, cause I wasn't at a good field. Like I wasn't hitting at the best field. The wind was always blowing in. I didn't have the best BP thrower. I like the, the grass and the dirt wasn't the best. Yeah. But that's what mentally got me there. You know what I mean? I had Barry Larkin throwing from like 35 feet and throwing fuego at me and telling me to hit the ball. You know what I mean? Like, and he's cutting them and sinking them and change up. And I'm like, bro, you're right here. Wait, so is Barry Larkin the one you were saying isn't the best BP thrower? No, I'm not saying he's not the best BP thrower, but, like, he used to bring other guys to throw BP. Okay, okay. And they were just, like, <laughs> man. And I'm just, like, think of it like this. Every time an umpire calls a bad pitch, you're in BP. He's telling you to barrel up everything. Mm. So you're getting frustrated, frustrated as a perfectionist. But if you don't get frustrated and you're taking all the pitches that are going this way, right, and mm -hmm. off the plate, but he's telling you to swing at it, but you're not listening to that. You stay focused on your pitch. Yeah. You get your pitch. And you lock in on your pitch. And then when you start getting better at that, then when you don't swing at this pitch and you swing at that pitch like a little bit off, like right there, you get frustrated. Yeah. But then you got to get back in. And, like, that was the work. Like, it wasn't even like I was doing a thousand swings a day. It right. was just mental draining and physically staying out there like think of it like this it would might have been 50 swings but probably he threw 300 baseball <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like i got hit by a pitch from 30 feet like i'm telling you bro like and then the ground balls every two two ground balls are gonna hop up one might get get you in the nose yeah i had a bloody lip out there like i'm telling you bro physically and mentally draining i was so exhausted so the best part of my offense was running it was running like it was running that's when you know it's a grind when the best part and the the most mental relief is when you start running what i was like yeah i could do this uh, like i could do this i'll go so this was big for you mentally and learning how to lock in how, how big of a factor was that for you and how big how much of a role is that playing this year because baseball is 162 games man it is a grind and there are so many games where you start off 0 for 3 and you just check out, man, and you're done for the game. Mm -hmm. And that last at bat is a throwaway. How much did you learn mentally and how much are you using this year? Um, I'm using it 100%. I think I my coaches came up to me and told me, like, he hasn't seen me, like, checked out yet. Like, wow, I'm not checking out. I'm messaging him at 2.30 in the morning saying, when did this guy get a sinker? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> I'm watching video and saying, like, when did this guy get a sinker? When did he start throwing a cutter? Yeah. Didn't he throw, like, 92 last year? He's at 97 this year? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I'm not really ever checked out. Even on the off days, I'm watching video. Uh, in the clubhouse, we watch a video. I mean, honestly, it's just, even with that, like you said, uh, when you're 3-0 and you want to check out. Yeah. That's exactly what happened with the home run the other night in oh, yeah. Marlins Park. In Park, I was over three. Came up, and was ready to check out. 
You know what I mean? Like, but you just can't, even with bad calls, anything that doesn't go your way, like you got to stay locked in. Yeah. And that's why I'm, that's where I like really like Barry Larkin. He really like helped me with that. I'd give him that for sure. How, how do you go about, let's, let's set the scene here. We got a game tomorrow. You're playing and facing Max Scherzer, who's on the mound. What is your mental preparation like? What is your preparation like to get ready for a pitcher on any given day? Honestly, my pre- I'll go. Wa- I'll go watch the video. But in my head, like I'm watching the video, saying, "Oh, he better not throw that to me." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how I go into it. Because if you pitch me anyway, you pitch anybody else. I've already seen it. Yeah. You got to pitch me in a different way. That's why I said, "Ooh, you better not throw that to me," because <laughs> I'm gonna be ready for that pitch. I love that. In that, yep. you know what I mean? Like that's what I watch film for. I don't watch video to see the pitch movement. I don't watch video to see how hard he's throwing it. I'm watching video just to see like what pitches I would have like destroyed. Yeah, because that's what I'm looking for. Yep. I'm not looking for any of his best pitches. I'm not looking to hit his best cutter. I'm not looking to hit his best fastball that just takes off and goes to the moon. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm looking to hit the pitch that he leaves right over the plate. So will you also, that, will you lock in as well on like how he pitches certain guys? Like, okay, he pitches lefties like this, or is it mostly this is where he makes his mistake. This is where I can capitalize and do damage. See, I would, I would watch video on how everybody pitches lefties, but they don't pitch me the same way as they pitch lefties. Yeah. So I watch, I think of, okay, I know everybody's going to attack me the same way because I have one weak zone. I'm not going to say it. I know everybody's going to pitch me one way because in the, whatever the statistics say, that's where it is. Yeah. Okay. So they're trying to get there. Mm -hmm. If they don't get there by the slightest, it's a homer. (laughs) <laughs> i love that that's what I'm saying. like it's a homer a double or a triple yeah yeah so like that's what i think so i think everybody's gonna come at me the same because they want to get in that small little weak zone that i have but you you just can't miss it yeah because if you miss it it's in a very hot zone right after that <laughs> you're 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 not so hot zone is surrounded by in fuego zones where you will just do absolute damage right uh, <laughs> that's the crazy part jazz you it's like the bigs yeah <laughs> hey so you you're uh you've been in the the marlins system for a while now and, and i know he's gone he's he's moved on but Derek jeter was an infielder and and one of the one of the greatest to do it what did you ever learn anything from him did you have any awesome conversations with him and and did he help you I mean, he was the guy that told me that I need to go and work on focus this whole offseason. Like, he didn't say anything about physicality, talent, the work ethic I put in. It was just my mental focus. Mm -hmm. That was his main thing with me. And, like, it's it's really upsetting that he's not here now because, like, I could have just went and go and, like, you know, I feel like he would, he could see it now. You know what I mean? Like, that I'm really like locking in and not turning the switch off. You know what I mean? Yeah. He might so. he might not be there, but I promise you he sees it and I promise you he's proud of you. Um all right, let's let's finish up some some fun questions for you. 
uh, to finish up here. Um, if, if you weren't playing in, in Miami, or, or let's say take your home stadium out of it. You are a Marlin, but your home stadium can't be the answer here. What's your favorite stadium to play in? To play in? Mm-hmm. Which stadium I have the best numbers in? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that's Atlanta. I watched you do some damage in Atlanta the other night. I watched you do some damage there. It is definitely Atlanta. I always hit good in Atlanta. I love Atlanta. <laughs> you were there. Atlanta during, is just, that's I, where I saw you last, by the way. You were there in the stands at the at the World Series, just taking it in. Yep. yep, I was there. Like Atlanta is just fun to be there. You know, like you could just feel the the baseball love there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every night is a packed night. Yeah. So it's just like crazy. Um. Are you superstitious? Do you have any superstitions that you do? I mean, I try to take a nap before every game. That's my superstition, I guess. In the I locker room? Uh, no, we have nap rooms, man. Oh, Come yeah. On. Hey, so I was on the doorstep, man. I never made it to the big leagues. I don't know about the nap rooms. Sorry. Y'all had nap? I, I'm sure you had a nap room. Dude, in the minors too. I played in the Florida State. The Florida State League, we had rooms that because that was all big league spring training fields. But exactly. all, all the other levels were just like, hey, Show up, get ready, go out on the field, take in and out, whatever. It was, it was a grind, man. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Toughest pitcher that you have ever faced? What's the guy's name? Coonrad or something like that? Oh, the, the what's it? Sam? Sam something. I wouldn't say he's the toughest pitcher. I just feel like he makes his best pitches against me. Like, he throws everything on that little corner. <laughs> every single time and i'm like wow bro you don't want to miss huh like just miss one time but i if it's not him i would say myself <laughs> okay fair enough um uh, all right so let's see what is the best game that you have ever played at any level it can be a game that you went four for four you may have may have even pitched little league high school professionally the greatest game that you have ever played oh okay i'm gonna tell you this story i got a story for you all right so i was in summer ball and i was 16 yeah i was 16 years old i was playing 18u uh with the college guys right and this scout but i was going into my senior year so i was yeah i just was i was just ending my senior year i think yeah and i was going to go play summer ball at 16 and I was playing 18 U of the college guys. And the scout came up to me and he was like, Hey, like, have you ever like hit lefty lefty? Cause I was a switch hitter at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I've never hit lefty lefty. Like I was always a switch hitter, you know, like I, I used to hit righty and then I'll hit lefty and left righty, mm -hmm. you know? And he was like, you think you could go up this game and face this lefty today, lefty? And I was like, sure, I'll do it. I don't care. I'll try it out. Mm -hmm. So, like, first pitch of the game, Homer. And I was, like, <laughs> looking at the scout, like, Whoa, <laughs> we're going. Here we go. So then they bring in another, the next guy, and he's another lefty. He was a sidearm lefty. And he oh. threw, like, a slider, bro. And it just was spinning and whack Homer. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm about to go crazy. I'm never hitting right-handed again. <laughs> like, it was so ridiculous. And then we ended up run ruling him by then. But like, 
But then the scout came up to me and he was like, why have you never done that before? Because you have no pop on your right side. And I was like, dang, I thought I was that guy on my right side. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like I was like hitting 600 on the right side in high school. You know, like that was just like basic galore. But he was like, nah, no more righty for you, bro. You're going to hit straight left. And ever since that day, been so straight lefty. Your first day ever going lefty lefty. Probably maybe like the first at bat you've ever seen a lefty batting left handed. First pitch you see is a home run. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Home. Um, first professional I seen was a homer too. First it's first crazy. professional what? Pitch I seen after I signed. Really? Contract. Yeah, it was like the exhibition game. The GM that signed me with the Diamondbacks is like Dijon Watson. Mm-hmm. He was in the Dominican. So they sent me down there to face their like new signees that they signed. Yeah. Pitch in the game, Homer. Second pitch of the game, triple. <laughs> so you were what, 18? I was seven. I just turned 17. It was <laughs> after my second birthday. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. How how would you describe your game? How how would you personally describe your baseball game? It's like a movie. Think of it. It's like a movie. It's just a lot of action going on, a lot of speed, a lot of excitement. It's like an action movie. Think of it like you got a like think of it like you have a little Porsche, right? A 911. And you hit put it in Sport Plus or race and you hit gas and it just shoots off and then you see the flames in the back. That's how I think of my game. <laughs> I love that and I I totally agree. I see it. I see it clear as day. Um <laughs> Jazz when all is said and done, I, I know it's the beginning of your career, but when all is said and done and your career is done in 10, 15, whatever, however long it is, how do you want people to remember your career? As the most exciting player in baseball, to ever go in the baseball field. I want them to say that he was the most exciting player to ever play baseball. And like, at the same time, I want them to say that the numbers match too. Like, I don't want it to just be like, oh, he was just exciting to watch. No, I want to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, I want to have the Hall of Fame numbers to match that excitement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you think of Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey Jr., you see the numbers to match. You know what I mean? You see Randy Johnson. You see, like, Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Those guys. Like, the numbers match. Roger Clemente. Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, say Clemente. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens, Roberto Clemente. <laughs> Roberto Clemente. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, and so speaking of exciting players, this is one of the most exciting players in the game for me because of what he's able to do on the field. And you've been able to play against him. Shohei Otani, what, what was that like? And what do you think of his game? And can we expect Jazz Chisholm at any point to go a little two-way for us and, and punch out some guys on the mound? Hey, me and Donnie were talking about it. <laughs> I asked him. I asked him. I said, would you ever put me on the mound? He was like, heck no. Said, hey, man, let me go show off this little cut piece. You know what I'm saying? But I wish. But he would never do He would never let me on the mound. I asked already. Sorry, guys. All but right. if I could, I would. 95. 95? Nah, 94 in high school. But I think I'd get to 95 one day if i tried so you you know how hard it is to to prepare for one thing how 
what do you think about what Shohei is doing, preparing for both and doing incredible at both? Man, I think he's doing crazy, man. Like, that's something that you really don't hear of every yeah. day. Like, you have Jacob DeGrom that rakes as a pitcher, right? You got you got uh, Kershaw, you got Zach Greinke, but then you got a Otani. <laughs> like, that's completely different because, yeah. like, you think of Greinke, Greinke is just – it's probably – other than Otani and Babe Ruth, I guess, you could say that Granke is probably one of the best pitcher hitters ever, and Carlos Zambrano, obviously, but, like, and Dontrell. Man, you got some good hitting pitchers. I just remember that. <laughs> but CC um, like, could rake. CC could rake a little bit, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you had those guys, but, like, complete hitter, I'd say Granke. Yeah. And Granke probably, but, like, You'd never see like, like another Otani again. Probably like, come out in the mound throwing a hundred splitters, sliders, slur like <laughs> sinkers. It's just like, it's ridiculous. And he's going out there and hitting four hundred and seventy foot homers. His bat, I can't even pick up his bat, bro. Like, come on. Why? He's a he's Heavy? a physical specimen, bro. That bat is bigger than me. <laughs> He swings me, okay? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's a physical specimen. It's mm. crazy. Well, the, o- the only reason we might not see another Shohei Otani is because Don Mattingly won't let you on the mound. Otherwise, we, we, <laughs> we have him in the league right now. <laughs> you feel me? Let me get it ready. Uh, Jazz, thank you for joining me, man. Uh, you're an absolute stud. You're an awesome human being. It's been great to have you on the show. Um, come back on whenever you want, my friend. You have a big fan of me and the show. Good luck the rest of the year. Thank you, man. I will definitely be back. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Peace. Thanks to Jazz Chisholm for joining me. What an absolute stud. I'm a huge fan of his. Was already even more so now. Uh, What a stud of a player. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Flipping Bats. If you haven't, Hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. We're on all social medias as well, Twitter and Instagram. If you want to watch every episode via video, well, that's on YouTube. We're there as well. Uh, I will see you guys tomorrow, Thursday, for my live Flippin' Bats episode, the last episode of the week. But this has been awesome. Thanks again to Jazz Chisholm. What a stud. I hope you all are as big of fans as I am. And I will see you next time on Flippin' Bats.